With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to Becky All Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you, continuing our NFC North conversation. And Joe, if I'm not mistaken, when NFC North odds were originally released, it was the Bears with the third shortest odds to win the division, and then the Packers had the longest odds. But since then, here in late June, it's the Packers, uh, depending upon where you shop, right around plus 350, something like that. And it's the Bears with the longest odds now to win the division at 4-1, to one, plus 420, uh, somewhere thereabouts, depending upon where you shop. Joe, do you think this is fair to believe in the Packers just a little bit more and the Bears just a little bit less? Brian Baldinger laughed at me when I suggested believing in the Packers in any sense, but uh, the market seems to be moving <laughs> that way. See, there's, there is a little bit of disagreement, though. There are some sports books that still have the Packers as a long shot, the Bears as a third favorite, but what, what I think is even bigger is there at BetMGM, not long ago, the Bears and Vikings were co-second favorites. The Vikings, who just went 13-4, and four, and the Bears, who just went 3-14, and 14, were co-second favorites, and now nobody seems to be interested on the, in, on the Bears. I don't know if it's a little bit after free agency, time sets. Like, not a lot has changed here. But the market at one point was hot on the Bears, and now doesn't seem like they're betting on the Bears because they keep on dropping. Uh, you mentioned plus 400 over at BetMGM. Uh, so, they, yeah, they're the long shot just about everywhere. It's interesting that they go 3-14. and 14, They finish 1-13 after a 2-1 and one start. 1-13. and 13. Now, much of that was them trying to lose. They, they tanked. I mean, the, the trades they made – they ended up losing a few really close games, like three straight games. I think they lost all of them by like a field goal somewhere around there. So some of the players they did have were competing, but uh, they got what they wanted. They got that number one pick. They traded it away and they got a legitimate number one receiver. Uh, Musin Muhammad famously said, Chicago is where receivers go to die. And he hasn't been proven wrong yet. So we'll see if DJ Moore can change that up. Uh, Ed, you, you brought up the possibility of Chase Claypool actually being okay, looking like the guy that we saw in his rookie campaign with the Steelers. Well, we're, we're the time of the, the year where everything's positive. Oh, he's working so hard. They're getting along great. The quarterbacks and receivers are meeting up in this city, and they're getting their work in. Everything's great. Uh, that's not happening here with Claypool. There's been a lot of negative reports about Chase Claypool and that the organization is not pleased with his work ethic. They're not pleased with anything they've seen so far. And this is supposed to be the offseason, full offseason with Justin Fields. Can you step in and be the number two receiver? And Mooney's, Mooney's more of the slot guy, not based on everything that, that's been reported thus far. Uh, the defense could not be worse. They, they decided to spend some money. 
at linebacker. They're bringing Tremaine Edmonds, TJ Edwards uh, coming in. So the defense will make improvements, but you know, in the middle of last year, you end up trading Roquan Smith. Like that's going to, that's going to kill you. He was uh, the heart of the off the defense that they did have. Uh, they think they got the best offensive tackle in the draft. He, he's Darnell Wright is going to be their day one right tackle to begin the season out of Tennessee. So they did improve. Uh, I guess that's the case that you make for seven and a half. And I'm not trying to be a homer, but it's all about Justin Fields. I'm not betting the under seven and a half. It's a much softer schedule. Uh, last year, I, again, they, they were tanking and they, they were trying to get that number one pick. But uh, the part that kind of went underreported is it was a, a brutal schedule. And with that, there were like there were three or four times they faced teams coming off buys that were in a position to succeed against the Bears. So it, it wasn't a big surprise that they ended up uh, just being awful. But you know, I would, I'm looking towards the bottom. It wouldn't surprise me if this ends up being a competitive division where the Bears and Packers uh, are, are much closer to 500 or maybe both of them exceed expectations and go above that win total of seven and a half, which is uh, put on both of them. I'm with you. I agree. I think there's value on the Bears at four to one at BetMGM to be challengers for the division. Last year, the biggest issue, in my opinion, was the secondary. They stunk. They also couldn't get after the quarterback. But as Joe just mentioned, they addressed a lot of their issues, um, you know, whether it's bringing in Tremaine Edmonds, um, Darnell Wright. You know, they did good things in the draft. So um, I think between those moves, you know, that they did through free agency and the drafts, they should be a better team. Plus, you've got Justin Fields just improving and getting better another year under his belt. So, I think there's value here on the Bears. I, I like it at four to one. I also find it interesting to Joe's point that this could be, you know, tighter is some of these other divisions that we've talked about, like the favorite is minus money. And this is one where, you know, even the Lions are plus 140. So I think it is a lot closer right now and it'll be interesting. So that makes me strongly take a look at the Bears. And now it will be the splash of cold water pertaining to the mm -hmm. Bears. Because on the one hand, I do think Justin Fields will improve. I think he didn't have a whole lot around him. And now this is the time to figure out whether he is capable of being an NFL starting quarterback or if you need to move on from him. So this is very much feast or famine as far as that's concerned. DJ Moore, I also like that acquisition. Not only did he lead the NFL in air yard share for the Panthers last year per next-gen stats, he was nearly seven percentage points higher than second-place Devontae Adams. And so he was the Carolina offense in 2022. And so even if Chase Claypool is not panning out, you have DJ Moore who can be that wide receiver number one, and he's comfortable with really large workloads. And so if it is fields and more all day, every day, I think that can still be effective. Now, where I do have some problems with the Bears, a lot of these offseason moves are moves that suggest that the Bears feel like that they are on the cusp of being in contention in the NFC. And to me, that is a huge leap of faith because Tremaine Edmonds, yeah, great off-ball linebacker, Great coverage grade last season for PFF, but it's mm -hmm. not one of those vital positions. 
Certainly coverage is important, but off-ball linebacker is not a position. It's not a priority position. Uh, neither is guard. And that's where the Bears invested heavily in terms of, uh, you know, getting, you know, getting guys there. Uh, Darnell Wright seems like a decent pickup, but these are moves to suggest that the Bears think that they're right there in contention in the mix. And I just don't buy that right now. I think there are a lot of unknowns that could mean that the Bears either completely tank or they could at least be, you know, 500 slightly above 500. But regardless, I have not liked these offseason moves. See, I disagree with that. I, I thought a lot of these moves were just to, to get to that baseline, to, to be a competitive team once again. And when you break it down, what's DJ Moore to help Justin Fields? What's Darnell Wright to help Justin Fields? It's time for him to take mm-hmm. a step in year three. Mm-hmm. And the passing's got to be better. It's not just with the legs. And that's, that's what people are talking about. The season-long prop for rushing yards is set at 825 and a half, and people that cover the team thinks think that he's not going to get close to that. I would disagree with that notion. Um, I, I, I think they do understand that steps need to be taken, and these are not over-the-top moves. The receiving group last year, pitiful. They needed to add a top-end guy, and they didn't like what they saw from Claypool. So you need to, you need to help Fields a little bit. In, in the end, the, the big story is Fields, year three, excuses are gone. It's no more offensive line is trash, has no weapons. That's done. That is over now. Mm-hmm. And now, and you have that Carolina pick next year, they're going to find out this season if – the regime that inherited Justin Fields is going to keep him long-term. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. On the heels of that, I mean, the Bears have a very dynamic quarterback in Justin Fields, and I think he performed very well given the tools that he had in a very unimpressive offense. Like, they definitely exceeded expectations. Now you hand him a number one receiver and a starting tackle. I think this division is much more wide open and there's a lot more question marks for me with a team like the Packers than there are the Bears. Hmm. I, I would agree with that. I, I do think that, yes, Justin Fields has more tools around him and he should perform better. But, Joe, I'm also with you. The excuses are done. If we don't see massive improvement from Fields this next season, then they need to move on from him because it's not going to happen. He will have had three years. And yes, there's some flawed data as far as understanding what he's capable of. But now is the time for him to be an NFL caliber quarterback. If it doesn't happen, then at least the Bears will have a high enough pick to get a good young quarterback. They cannot continue to invest in fields if he's not delivering on said investment. The Packers have way more questions, and I do feel like that a decent expectation for the Bears is to have a winning record. Maybe they don't make the playoffs for whatever reason, but if they don't have a winning record and they're sort of middling in this you know, sub-500 range, maybe even worse than that, 
then definitely they need to move on because you've given Fields every single chance that he deserves. It's not working out for whatever reason, and it's time to move on from him. Meanwhile, when we talk about the Packers, it's not just Aaron Rodgers leaving that to me is the headline here. It's all of these other veteran playmakers who are also gone, like Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, Robert Tunyon, Mercedes Lewis. These guys also could have been really impactful as far as helping Jordan Love transition to being a starting quarterback, and that's not going to happen. Instead, it's going to be a bunch of young guys for this offense, which means there's a lot of variance, and it's a lot harder to handicap because we don't exactly know what Jordan Love is capable of. Still, though, there are a lot of questions, and if that number continues to shorten, then this idea of capturing some variance and getting some value on that, that also goes away, Joe. The problem with the Packers over the last couple of years, now you can point to Aaron Rodgers last season, and he was there midseason when they had that stretch, when they went 1-7, and seven, he was the guy. It was not a Rodgers injury, injury situation. Uh, the other big issue, though, has been their top-end talent, aside from Rodgers, can't stay healthy. Week after week, we are talking about the blind side, David Bakhtiari, being on the injury report. We're talking about one of the top corners in the game, Jair Alexander, being on the injury report. Oh, maybe he's going to be back in four, four weeks, maybe six weeks. Now it's pushed back a little bit. They need those guys on the field. That's a big one. Uh, the receivers, it's obvious. Loved what we saw to Christian Watson last year. Mm-hmm. Are you going to back it up with Jordan Love? Because uh, Roger's no longer there. Romeo Dobbs needs to take a massive step forward. And then after that, it's all a bunch of rookies. So it's a guessing game what you're going to get out of Jordan Love. It's a guessing yes. game what you're going to get out of those receivers. Now, there's some trust in the backfield. So it makes me believe that they're going to go more run heavy with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, you know, maybe a 50-50 mix. Uh, The numbers would suggest they have a terrible defense. (laughs) Talent-wise, they don't. They don't. You still have Kenny Clark. You've got Rashawn Gary. People have talked about he has the ability to be defensive player of the year. Um, I don't mind the defense. I think they can be okay. If they turn it around and Packers fans are going to blame every issue on the defensive coordinator like they always do. Uh, The draft pick of Van Ness, he's a guy I think that can burst onto the scene. So I actually trust the defense a little bit. It's just about the top talent uh, staying healthy. And, you know, if you believe in Jordan Love, then you're probably betting on the over seven and a half. If you think he's a buster, you're going under. I mean, you mentioned top end talent. And my first reaction was like, but who? Like, they really don't have a lot of top-end talent, in my opinion. I mean, this this roster has a lot of young guys, too. Um, they added another wide receiver through the draft, Michigan State's Jaden Reed. So that's going to make all of their wideouts all first- or second-year players. I mean, they've got a very young team. And then some – I mean, I, I'm with you. I love Christian Watson. And Bakhtiari mm-hmm. can't stay healthy either. So it's kind of like who – who are their big names that they have? And it's maybe thin. they can put something yeah. together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. Maybe thin. they, they can put that. something together, but just so many question marks with this Packers team. And as you mentioned, Joe, it all starts with Jordan love. I don't have a crystal ball. I have no idea if this guy's going to pan out or not. So I'm just totally out on betting them in 
anything division-wise. I wouldn't be shocked if they go under their win total. That's maybe where I would look. But other than that, there's no play on the Packers for me. Real quick question before we go to break. How much do we trust Matt LaFleur? Because I think he's a top five offensive line in the NFL. I'm glad you brought his name up because I was thinking the same. Campbell's the favorite for coach of the year. Eberflus is the second favorite, and LaFleur's there at fifth or sixth. If they win the division wow. without Rodgers, I think LaFleur is going to be in the conversation for coach of the year at 20-1. to 1. I like that. I like that a lot. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, our lightning bets, our favorite plays for tonight. That's coming right up here in the BetQL Network.